0: Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah! Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly gaze Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm your host, Libby Edwards. Today we will discuss the increased hostility that Asian American and Pacific Islanders have been experiencing and how it has provided the NRA with an opening to expand firearm ownership in America. But first, some news. ABC News has started a series, Rethinking Gun Violence. The first episode was aired on November 9th and is now available on Hulu. The series will examine the American gun violence epidemic using research and statistics, and will explore America's history with guns, the real-life impact of gun violence, and what can be done to make our communities safer. This series sounds like a must-see for anyone who wishes to educate themselves on the subject of gun violence in our country. And now, the immemorium. This is a time during our show when we honor those who have lost their lives to gun violence and inspire us to continue this work.
1: In remembrance of Ricky Otomoro, 39 years old, October 30th, 2021, Centralia, Washington. Ricky Otomoro, a Latina transgender woman, was a popular and well-loved member of the Washington LGBTQ community, Otomoro, aka True Starlet, was shot by at least five times, allegedly by her partner, and he left her body on their sofa next to their six-year-old son. Her partner is in custody and has a history of gun violations. Their son is with Ricky's family. Otomoro performs under the drag name True Starlet and was a former Miss Gay Lewis County. Friends remember her on social media with one writing that she was an incredible advocate for the queer and trans community for nearly 20 years. She focused much of her time organizing and sharing her fire and wisdom with the students at Centralia College. She was always profoundly herself and a brilliant light for countless loved ones and folks in Centralia and Olympia, Washington. Ricky was many things. Luis Noko Tomorrow, her uncle shared. Daughter, sister, niece, cousin, mom, advocate, defender, friend, and proudly trans. Ricky will be missed greatly by many. I will miss you, Ricky. Three-fourths of confirmed homicides against trans people have involved a gun, according to the 2017-2019 to 2019 transgender homicide tracker. With True Starlet's death, we've tied last year's record number of fatal violence cases with two whole months remaining in 2021. Tori Cooper, who helps the human rights campaign, Transgender Justice Initiative reported.
0: Racism has constantly been in the headline since the onset of COVID, along with a spike in violent hate incidents against Asian American and Pacific Islander communities. The mass shooting in Atlanta, where six of the eight people killed were Asian Americans, has given that community much to fear. Gun ownership in the AAPI community in the United States has been historically low. Yet the NRA has been quick to capitalize on this sad unrest and has ramped up its marketing campaign to drive gun sales. Today, Radio Gag will explore the ramifications of this attempt to exploit Asian Americans. Our guests are Sunny Moon, an MD who is a volunteer leader with Moms Demand Action and a volunteer with Our Own Gaze Against Guns. And Poe Murray, chairwoman of the Newtown Action Alliance and the Newtown Action Foundation. She's also a board member of Guns Down America, GVpedia, and Survivors Empowered. Also with us is Antonius Oki Wiridja, a member of GAG, and himself a survivor of gun violence. The Violence Policy Center recently released a new study, how the firearms industry markets to Asian Americans. And Poe, I know you were present at the center's press conference. So can you explain to us how this marketing strategy came into being and what is involved with it and how the community and anti-gun violence organizations are responding to it? Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, there's been
2: rising incidents of um, Asian hate across America during the pandemic. And uh, we witnessed the NRA, the NSSF, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, which is headquartered right in Newtown, the uh, gun industry lobby group. Um, They um, came out very strongly advocating for uh, Asian-Americans to purchase guns to protect themselves. Um, And Violence Policy Center, you know, did a study and... And they've been following um, the marketing practices of the Gun lobby Group and the gun industry for a long time. And what they found was that um, they are definitely exploiting fear and anxiety in our community during the pandemic to attempt to increase gun profits. And not only that, but they're really trying to create some foot soldiers you know, for the gun rights um, uh, community. So we've been working really hard um, with Moms Rising, Newtown Action Alliance and Moms Rising with Josh Sugarman from Violence Policy Center to um, counter the narrative that's coming out of the other side and sharing facts with the Asian American community to educate them that having a gun in the home inherently increases your risk of gun deaths and injuries. Sonny, you've
0: worked on that issue quite a bit, haven't you?
3: Um, well, I can speak a little bit to, I, I, I guess, a little bit more of a personal experience. Um, I live in Manhattan, and during the height of the pandemic, um, and also during the height of the anti-Asian sentiment—not that it's gone away, but when it was really, really bad—I um, was volunteering at the hospital, and I was, I could feel, I could feel you know, the uh, the discomfort, myself personally, because of the, the um, anti-Asian rhetoric that was out there. And I was surprised at how many of my friends, and usually friends who see the same way that I do, even on gun, when it comes to gun policy, were suggesting that I get a gun for protection because the gun lobby has been so effective in suppressing research and facts so that people start with this premise, um, a misunderstood premise that guns help you in self-defense when really it just as Poe mentioned guns increases my chances of being murdered and and also raise increases my risk of suicide which is a real concern right now with all the stresses of the pandemic but yeah I saw that and I've also been reading and they've that's what the NRA and gun lobbies do. They profit off of fear. They've always done that. And they target any community that's in fear. And so lately it's been the Asian community. And I, um, and I was shocked to see that uh, they found a spokesperson. I can't remember the name, but they always find a person just like they have persons of different um, ethnic backgrounds who sort of is the spokesperson for the, for the gun lobby. And it's they, if they follow that same, um, uh, I guess uh protocol they always do, they find a very loud person representing that um, ethnic minority group, and they try to sell guns to you on the false premise that guns will buy you security when proliferation of guns is exactly what would make our safety worse.
2: Historically, um, gun ownership is very low in the Asian American community. Right. Um, in fact, I'm an immigrant from South Korea. They, you know, they used to have lax laws and decades ago, they passed uh, stringent gun laws and now they have nearly you know, zero gun deaths and injuries, um, just like Japan. Um, mm-hmm. And the majority of Asian Americans actually support gun control measures. Um, so there is strong support for gun violence prevention in our community already. Um, but you know, during a time when there is a lot of fear and anxiety Um, there are Asian Americans um, that are listening to the um, misinformation and disinformation campaign um, from the gun lobby group.
3: And I just to speak to that, my father was a gun owner. Uh, My father was a stereotype. So I'm a Korean immigrant as well. And my parents had the stereotypical small business. And my parents had a dry cleaner in a neighborhood. And I grew up in New Orleans, which is still considered the murder capital of the country where the gun violence is about, I think, like seven times higher than New York City. Like it was. And I grew up there in the mid 80s and 1990s when it was really bad. And my dad thought having a gun would keep him safe. And I'm going to say this now. We are so lucky that we never had an incident where um, me and my siblings uh didn't hurt ourselves because he did not safely store the gun because that was never anything taught to him. I grew up in New Orleans, in Louisiana, where the gun laws are very lax. And even as a Korean immigrant, he bought into that ridiculous um, propaganda that because he was a business owner in a neighborhood that had high crime, he could protect himself with the gun. But he's lucky that none of his children ended up shooting themselves unintentionally with the gun he didn't store properly. And, and growing up, I, you know, I had a classmate shoot, and killed a sibling on a hunting trip. I've had a friend in middle school um, get his gun from his law enforcement father who didn't store it properly and shoot himself in the thigh. Um, I was at a Mardi Gras parade where somebody went to a porta potty and dropped their pants and was wearing a loaded gun and it went off and shot somebody that was standing near us in the chest. So um, growing up in Louisiana, I saw so much gun violence and that's one reason why I care about it. But it's, you know, Even people, my dad was scared. He was a scared immigrant in a relatively new country who was listening to all this propaganda and he bought that false premise that the gun would keep him safe. But really he saw the result of all the um, last gun laws because we had like five armed gun, you know, armed robberies at at the dry cleaner. The gun never helped him. And we're lucky that somebody didn't, you know, try to rob us for the gun because, you know, Mm. people like to rob stores for guns or people for guns.
0: That's amazing. Um, Antonius, do you have anything you'd like to add?
1: I'm a survivor of gun violence because I was walking down the street and uh, trigger warning to your listeners. Um, This is uh, violence against women and specifically gun violence. A man was shooting at a pregnant woman in front of me and she was hit twice in the legs and the bullet that would have hit her head hit me between the ribs and landed in my stomach. And I remember waking up from the coma, being the happiest person on earth, but also the angriest. And I was on a lot of painkillers. I was also on some medicine that was uh, helping me with my, because I had a lot of anxiety and depression. And I remember some things coming out of that after being released from the hospital. Um, People were coming at me on Twitter saying things like, you should have owned a gun. (laughs) It could have helped you. But honestly, it wouldn't have. And also telling somebody that in that mental state is really terrible. Because again, I was on a lot of medication. I wasn't in my best mood or state. And also, I also felt like um, I needed to explain. My father did try to get a gun because he was so impacted by my shooting. And then I told him like, Dad, you have cataracts. (laughs) You are way too <laughs> it, um, old to be shooting a gun right now because you didn't have any practice. So uh, we talked him out of it. But it's that mental state again, that fear, that anxiety, that's what they're preying on. And it's really unfair. And I think people need to realize that people like Po and people like Sunny are protecting people like me. They're protecting victims of gun violence because they are making sure We don't make the irrational decisions that you make during those terrible moments in our lives when we don't have control over our own mental state.
0: Yes, and that's, I think, people who are trying to counter the gun violence are addressing the NRA's stance that the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is to have a good guy with a gun. And that has just proven to be ridiculous time and time again. And is that messaging part of what you encounter uh, from the NRA?
2: Yeah, I could speak to that, Libby. Um, So my neighbor used an assault weapon and killed 20 children and six educators in 2012. Um, He killed his mom first in the bed soon after my 11-year-old got on the bus so um, the shooter's mom thought that having assault weapons and um, you know lots of ammunition and other guns in her house would keep her family safe, but she ended up dead. Um, Twenty six others were killed, and her son is dead. So having a gun, um, like Sonny said, I mean it doubles you know everyone's risk for homicides, and it triples our risk for suicides and. And then Antonius, you were mentioning a domestic violence shooting, you know, and you were the victim of that. And in domestic violence situations, okay, you are five times more likely to die if a gun is present. And every month, um, an average of 57 women are shot and killed by an intimate partner. And, you know, it's really important to us to keep our children safe, right? Firearms are now the number one cause of death. For American children, and last year there were forty-five thousand gun deaths. And when we, um, you know, right after the Sandy Hook shooting, there were about thirty-three thousand gun deaths a year. So it's gone up significantly, And, and it's because gun sales have surged. And the NRA is using that narrative: it takes a good guy with a gun to stop a bad guy with a gun. But we have data now. Gun Violence Archive is um, documenting about 2,000 defensive gun uses, which are verified police records. So, you know, there are many, many more gun deaths and injuries than defensive gun use, so they are dead wrong.
0: You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun show, here on listener-sponsored, commercial-free radio WBAI 99.5. We are here every Tuesday at 2.30, bringing you the latest in gun violence prevention movement news.
4: This is Ty Kersley from Radio Gag, and I'd like to take this opportunity to tell you about an upcoming action for the Transgender Day of Remembrance. This Saturday, November 20th, Gays Against Guns will represent and honor all of the trans lives lost to gun violence this year in a silent vigil at Washington Square Park, beginning at 4.30 p.m. Every year, the number of trans people murdered in our country increases. Please help us bring attention to the tragic loss of our trans siblings. Join us and fight the gun violence epidemic to prevent any more unnecessary loss of life. Thank you.
0: (music) Would anyone like to add anything further?
2: Uh, I was just want to say, like during the, um, uh, you know, during the pandemic with the gun sales surge, there have been a lot of unintentional shootings. My friends, uh, Kristen and Mike Song, um, they lost their uh, 15-year-old son um, to an unintentional shooting when he went to his best friend's house and they were playing with a gun that was unsecured. Um, and that's happened, you know, all across the country, you know, in our children. Um, so th- having a gun, particularly when it's unsecured, is really a hazard um, for our homes and our children and our families and, you know, for our community members. So, you know, I urge your listeners to think twice before putting a gun in the
0: home. Thank you. That's a very good Admonition to leave our listeners with to think about gun violence and not bring it into your own home.
1: May I also add, as somebody who had gone through a lot of trauma, that um, again, in the Asian American community, we don't really talk very much about mental health. And um, there also isn't very much access to mental health in the communities we're in. Part of it is a linguistic and also cultural barrier. So it's been shown time and time again, actually, people who are facing mental health difficulties are the ones that are more likely to be affected by gun violence because, you know, number one reason for um, uh, gun death is suicide. So again, it's a very tricky thing because again, my community, the Asian American Pacific Islander community are already vulnerable because we don't have access to mental health uh, resources. And added to the fact that we are being targeted to go and buy guns, the combination is very deadly.
3: Thank
0: you very much.
3: Um, can I can I just uh, just add that, um, like a lot of things that are happening, that's political in this country, we're being ruled by a minority because they're louder. And one of the things that's always helped the gun lobby. Um, And every day we find more evidence that they don't even like their own uh, supporters, but their supporters are very vocal and they vote and they're single issue voters. Um, I can't say this enough, but we need to mobilize and we need to make our voices heard and we need to vote. We need to not just vote, but volunteer as much as possible to mobilize voters because I'm tired of the minority ruling over us and more and more people are dying because of it. And we need to make our voices heard. And you know, this country that is fueled by fear and hatred, which is what the NRA is about and what Donald Trump is about, the only way that's going to stop is if we get just as vocal and just as loud and make our voices heard.
1: And as we're coming out of this COVID pandemic, that is getting, you know, you know, to its second year, we do have to remember we've had the gun violence epidemic for quite some time. And it is a definite public health issue, one that has not been addressed. We do not have enough data to address this public health issue. It is also very financially terrible for our government. For example, I was given a $120,000 bill for surviving my shooting. The Mm -hmm. state paid for it. The state of New York had to pay for it. That means taxpayers had to pay for it. Gun violence is actually a very expensive part of our lives.
0: Thank you. That's a situation I was not aware of, and I don't think many people are. Well, I thank you all for this very, very enlightening and thought-provoking time with you and for a great interview. And thank you so much for joining Radio Gag. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks
1: Um, for having us.
3: Hi, Antonio
2: Spipo. Hi. I just want to tell Harvey. your audience um, if they want information about Asian Americans um, and gun violence, they can go to Newtown Action Alliance And we have some educational material that have been translated into various Asian languages, and it's available on our website. Mm-hmm.
4: To find out more about working with us, please go to GaysAgainstGuns.net or follow us at Gaze Against guns New York on Facebook and Instagram or GagNoGuns on Twitter. Also, be sure to check out our website to learn more about our meetings and actions. You can come to a meeting here in New York. We meet one Thursday a month live in person and virtually at 7 p.m. in Manhattan at the LGBT Center on 13th Street. Our next meeting is November 18th where we will be planning all kinds of great actions and protests, so please join us. Everybody is welcome at any and all gag events. And another great way to get involved is by becoming a BAI buddy. A BAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer radio show going by giving a small donation every month. Your monthly contribution of $5 to $25 keeps Radio Gag on air here at WBAI to keep the issue of gun violence in front of the public and our elected officials. Just go to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. We are back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. Now, we leave you with our fabulous political singing quartet. Sing Out Louise.
4: God help America,
1: what have you done?
0: Stand beside us and guide us through the
1: mess
4: and distress you've begun. With your biggest and your gun nuts. every greedy well, billionaire. Stand up to hate. Don't divide us. Unite us. You can break us to make us more brave. Tell the bigots and the gun nuts every green